voice. Nothing gets me going quite like Billy Ocean for the car ride to the studio. Billy Ocean today? That's that's what way? does it. Oh, wow. Caribbean Queen. Uh-huh. Get out of my dreams, into my car, license to chill. Oh, license. How's license I've, to chill go? We're gonna we'll have a little Billy Ocean fest after this. <laughs> Everyone knows. I it. don't remember license to chill. There's a song too where Will Smith is uh, the backup singer of a Billy Ocean song. Of a Billy Ocean song. Really? That was this was like eighty eight, eighty nine. Uh-huh. Billy Ocean. Uh huh. So Will Smith was. You know, just before Fresh Prince. Yeah. So he was definitely so on he, the rise and this is that's so how you that's how you get to the top. So he had he's the DJ on the rapper out his big album. His second album mm-hmm. as the Fresh Prince. So he's huge now. Yeah. For that. And then he jumps on a Br- Billy Ocean collab. I think the Billy Ocean was, was first. Before was he, he's the DJ on the rapper? What what year was that? I don't know, eighty eight. Was 87? No. 87. Get out. 88? Get out of the studio. I think it's 88, maybe, at least. Rock the House, I think, was 86. You are lying right to because, my face. Actually, there's a glass wall. We're in completely different. And in this corner, it was in 90, I think. Yeah. I'll give you... I might give you that. Nin- I remember Summertime, the single. That, that was like was 91, nin- right? That was probably ninety one, but I, that wasn't in in this corner. That was home base. That was the fourth album. You know a lot more about Will Smith's yeah. musical career than I do. After home base, I kind of it d- diminishes up. Then it was Red Alert, or no? Red did, Alert was the name of a song, wasn't it? Shit. Did Men in Black like bring it down for you? Was it was it, were you done? No, I, I was fine with it. But that's when he was Will Smith, and you know yeah. he wasn't Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. Uh, anyway, if you want to learn will more, en- Willennium. <laughs> How could you forget that? I owned a Willennium. <laughs> I think Red Alert was the the fifth album after Home Base. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> the point is that he wouldn't be anywhere without Billy Ocean. Oh, so okay, let's just got it. Oh, right. Make that a fact. Understood. But I had to. I had to uh, bring. Some some something light to my life after re-experiencing today's today's subject. Really, I just uh, brought back a lot of scary feelings. Oh, it, right. it is Halloween time. It is October. It's spooky. Spook fest. It's a spook. It, this is a spooky time of year. <laughs> Not happening. Not liking it. This I I deny it at all times. This yeah. this can't be real. Are you are you the type when the kids come knocking at the door, trick or treating, like you just run into the other room and turn all the lights off? No, I throw boiling water. At them. Oh yeah, then yeah. that one. Hot oil from the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Get out. I figured <laughs> no, that was no you. candy here. It's a it's a pain in the ass. All that. It's, it's a, a lot an, of oil. Is that an old family tradition? Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. I have the lights on. Tons of decorations. Like yeah. the place looks like a haunted house. But I don't want any trick or treaters, so no. Then I, I I turn the hose on them. Yeah, that's 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 what you need to do. Just <laughs> yeah. time time to go. It's pretty. I mean, I probably I probably should stop decorating. Do you fire out like a one liner? Uh, I always just say keep the change. <laughs> 
it doesn't really work, but it's my favorite. Do you do like stick around and fire like a like hot glue out of like a fire hose? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, but I should. Okay, uh, keep that one in your pocket. For, okay. For, for I mean, we're only a few days away, so oh my God, as I look at my watch, my yep, my TikTok. watch tells me. The day and time. It's it's close, mm-hmm. very close to Halloween. I almost spit my coffee out just just that's then. how scared you were. That sound just no, oh. I chills. The funny thing, I didn't make that sound. I heard. Bye. That, I heard that too. I'm leaving. <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> but anyway, why? What are we doing here? We're uh, we're back. Reconciliation. Back for another episode. Another episode. Great. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the show. This is where you come to to uh, go down memory lane and take a uh, look back at some of our favorites and not so favorites from the '70s, '80s, and '90s. And uh, we're looking at how they hold up. How they hold up now, in 2018, almost 2019. Time just keeps going by. Yeah, and here it is, October. It's the Reconcinimation Spooktacular Festival is going had, on. We've had quite a month. Oh, we're, we're like all over the place in the horror world. Yeah. We've got... What else? We did Return of the Living Dead. We did that one. Yes. And then we did... Uh, we did, of course, Halloween. Uh, that was a big one. I mean, that's your iconic Halloween movie. Obviously, and now we're here talking about a another big one, one of the, I'd argue one of the biggest spookiest of the nineties. Uh, yeah, almost closing out the millennium. It was, it was getting there. It was, we're right there. Right, this movie makes the cut because we will not do anything in the two thousands. Maybe the year two thousand. Maybe yeah, we're doing two thousand. Yeah, but sometimes I kind of. Maybe one day we'll push the 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 boundary a little bit mm-hmm. into two thousand one or two. Okay, but all right, all right. But I'm already feeling some pulling the boundaries into the sixties a little bit, but you oh know, God, did they even make movies in the sixties? Yeah, just yeah. you don't even want to know how they made them. They weren't good, were they? <laughs> no, I can't oh, imagine God, no. any of them were good. Nothing, nothing before nineteen seventy <laughs> was good. Nothing, no film, no, nope. was good. Uh, but yeah, I've been uh, hang. I've been hanging up the decorations. Uh, there's jack o' lanterns everywhere. It's it's hard to decorate an entire studio lot by yourself. Uh, but I've been dedicated to it. Yeah, Do we've you know? been in the big theater on on the lot here. We've been playing. Uh, it's the Great Pumpkin just over and over. Yeah, that's good. I, you just hit repeat on the DVD player, so at least it's kind of effortless. Yeah. Uh, but every time I pop in, man, I get a little freaked out. <laughs> Um, but but we, then on the weekends we play the Garfield Halloween special, the, which yes, just terrifies me. All of those, the Garfield, the uh, Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. we've got to we've got to have that levity to counter mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, um, yeah, because this one, this one gets under your skin. Oh, this one it gets to right to the spine. Yeah, and tingles all day. It's uh, you it's, said it. It's Selsen Blue for the spine. I think that's the one that tingles. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area has been haunted by that old woman. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's not because of me that we're here now. <laughs> Hungry. And cold. And hunted. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! I'm gonna die out of here. David, are you still are you still here in the in the studio? I can't I can't do this. I'm not doing this episode. I, it's, yeah. I'm too scared. I'm only gonna do the show if you're still here. Okay. If I'm by myself, I like I can't. All I right. can't. I'm gonna get into why, but okay. Uh, I mean, let's just as let's as long as we get this done before the sun goes down, because I am not camping here. Can I? I'm just gonna bang on the wall to make sure you're still, because we're in separate booths. Okay. Is that you? You're still there. <laughs> I, I didn't hear anything. Uh, it's soundproof, so shit. Uh, okay. Damn it! Right. I'm here. You can hear my All voice. All right, I can. He- yeah, I hear it through the headset. Yeah. Um. But why are you wearing? I need a. a co- I need a coffee. Where's? Where's? Let's <laughs> get Br- Brent. Get in here and soy americano mm, latte. Yum. Not a lot of caffeine. Iced. In that. <laughs> Thank you. And whatever David wants, uh, on the company card. Uh, that uh, give me one of those. Two, of, two, two of, of that. Anyway, uh, I was just trying to say uh, you're wearing a scream mask. Uh, Makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. So I don't even know that that's actually you or someone pretending to be you, but you sound like. I'm gonna you. leave it. I'm gonna leave it up to your imagination. So what movie are we talking about today? The Blair Witch Project. Ooh, Witch Project. Blair's. Blair's Project. Blair's Witch Project. Well, I'm excited to get into it. It is quite scary, but we, we're gonna we're gonna power through this. We're doing this together. Yeah. Um. And you know we we do, the, we, and you know we're here to help each other. And you know we also want to thank thank Curtis Moore, uh, our wonderful artist who did another wonderful poster for us. He helps us out, as well as uh, E.K. Wimmer. Yeah. Oh, E.K. Wimmer does our theme. Love it every week. Yeah, check out ekwimmer.com. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. But uh, Blair Witch Project. So this film came out July 30th, 1999. Yeah, went wide on July 30th, yeah. Yeah, it had come out about two or two or three weeks, two yeah. weeks earlier. Yeah, right? small limited run. Yeah, uh, and the, but the big expanded on July 30th, that that. 30th that's the wide release when it hit the whole united states yeah and quite an impact it had but uh, before we you know dive into that mm. anything else happen in the week of uh july 30th july 30th yeah uh this in... this week in history bum, bum, bum. we might need a new theme in there yeah <laughs> talk to ek talk to uh-oh Let's get uh-oh Okay, I need Our your help. people call his people. Um, I think the back in the the old Pearl Harbor days, nineteen forty five. Yes, the uh, Indianapolis went down. Yes, unfortunately, lost a lot of lives that day. Yeah. But um, 
it happened uh, on the anniversary. Yeah, and uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, check out our Jaws show in the archives. Because ah. that's, a, that's a decent part of that movie. Absolutely. Great, wonderful story um, uh, that colors... Uh, what's his name? Robert Urich? Quint. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Robert, Robert Urich? <laughs> yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you nailed it. Um, Again. 1977, your favorite band had a number one hit. The Bee Gees had a number one hit? Mm-hmm. What is that? I Just Want to Be Your Everything, oh, number one. Great job, Bee Gees. Yeah, way to go. Uh, 1990, I remember this well. George Steinbrenner was forced to resign. Oh, in disgrace? Yes, what temporarily. Did he, what did he do? A lot of bad stuff. Was he bending on games or something? Yeah, yeah. He was. I he literally was, have no idea. He was up to no good. That's. But then he was back. Oh, yeah. That only lasted, I want to... I want to say three years, two to three years, and then he was back. So he was just off. And it was like he was never really gone. Yeah, he was still, he was still pulling the strings yeah. from, from the shadows. Yeah, you couldn't get rid of that guy that easy. Oh, all right. Uh, the following year, 1991, Enter Sandman was released. Your theme song from mm-hmm. your high school oh, I, years. That's my entrance music. <laughs> yep. It does play every time you walk into the office. I come through the crowd <laughs> with a beer and... Uh-huh. Some people will get that reference, but uh, uh, 1996, another baseball, uh, another moment in baseball history. Tommy Lasorda dies. Nope. Oh, <laughs> retired. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> As a uh, coach of the L.A. Dodgers. L.A. Dodgers. Uh, go. What's the? Did they have a nickname? The Dodgers. The, go Big Blue or some shit like yeah, that. I don't know. <laughs> go blue. I don't know. I lost interest once I moved here. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what also happened, uh, Otto von Bismarck died. Uh, the Chancellor could, of Germany in 1898 died. How could you forget that? Uh, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota was named after mm-hmm. him. Uh, named for him uh, to, dr- to draw German settlers into the area. Mm-hmm. The, North, the uh, Pacific Railroad Company, I think. Where they were building the, the railroad through there, they needed to attract German investors. Let's call this this little area Bismarck, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, a little bit of trivia. We, we're learning something here. And uh, also, William Penn died uh, in seventeen eighteen, so <laughs> he founded uh, the Penn State football program uh, back in seventeen hundred. Wow, really? Yeah, Penn State football number one, live or die, blue, go blue. Also blue, I think, Nittany Lions. Uh, and then it was disgraced by Joe Paterno centuries later. So, yeah. So, uh, that it was. Go Penn State. <laughs> Some of that history may or may not be accurate. The Bismarck's thing's totally accurate, yeah, though. That's the only one. All the rest was made up. None of those things happened. Uh, but July 30th, 1999. Remember that hot summer? I, I remember it very well. It was a hot summer. Like it was yesterday. It was a great year. Great year. Uh, what was your... When did you first see this movie? Um, the It may have been not the weekend. It might have been... It might have been the week of um, or the next weekend. I can't recall. I remember trying to get tickets to the, the opening weekend... A couple of people weren't around. I couldn't quite get someone on the phone. I called the theater. I'm like, how many tickets are left for a showtime? Like, that's when you call the theater. Yeah. You know? And there were still tickets. I'm like, great. And then I was I was so annoyed that I, I couldn't. Was that a corded phone you called on? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had a cordless. I mean. I'm, okay. It was 99. It but, wasn't like but it, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of cordless phones. 
but I was calling from the kitchen, so we had a corded phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I so whenever I saw, I really don't think it was that night. It was probably the next weekend, and um, uh, I I thought it was great. I at the time amazing, scary, and I was not one for the scary films, but. Man, that marketing campaign just hooked me. I was in. Yeah, that was... Uh, we're going to get into the marketing of the movie, but okay. mine was a very similar experience. Yeah. I was home for, uh, back in New York on break between you know, between uh, school? school years in college. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it was like none of my group of friends uh, that I talked about in the Dazed and Confused episode... Mm-hmm. They were nobody was around. Everyone was doing something else, mm-hmm. and I was desperate to see this movie because yeah. I had this is the summer of '99, and I'd been at that point the buzz had been building for months, mm. mm-hmm. uh, for months and months, and I my anticipation for this movie was couldn't be any higher. Mm-hmm. So I had to see it. I, it was like it was almost like a drug. Like yeah. <laughs> I have to see this movie this weekend, no matter what. Uh-huh. Uh, so I ended up not going with any of my friends, seeing like a really late show. I want to say it was like a 10 o'clock show or a 9.30 show or something. Yeah. Now, where I grew up, Somers, New York, at the time, was all like basically wo- a whole wooded area. Very similar look to mm. uh, Burkittsville. Yeah. So... Immediately when I sat down in the movie in the theater and the movie started, I was like, "Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this one." Oh, really? When the movie was over, like I went home and parents were asleep. It was super quiet house. I live I lived on a dead end street, so there was not a lot of traffic, and there was a big valley across the street from my house. Hmm. So I, I mean, obviously. I was very like screwed up in the head from the movie. <laughs> I took it. I took it in. You wow, know. Wow. Yeah. And uh, all night I could hear. I, there's always like deer and and foxes, you know, walking across that valley, and you could hear them all night. So now, having just seen this movie, it is driving me crazy. Whoa. Like I was going bonkers. Oh my gosh. I just like. I just need someone to like stay up all night with me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and. Uh, so every deer that crossed and a branch broke, I'm like, I, no way could I sleep that night. No kidding. Lights were on. Yep. Wow. Totally. As a, what am I, was I 19 or something? Yeah. Jesus. You tell me, how old was I? 19? I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I, uh, I, I'm sure I was spooked out for a little while, and I do have I do have a imagination that can run away with itself a little bit, but... I was. I know my reaction wasn't anything like that. Like that. Like, that was. Uh, there's certain. That's. I don't get scared or you know by like horror movies. Right. For the most part, but the ones that do, like really get really get in there. Yeah, they dig. Deep it was right. It was the same that same year as when I first experienced Twin Peaks, uh, and Bob, like yeah. really got in there too like at the same time so mm-hmm. i don't know something was happening in my psyche that yeah year. but uh your fear center yeah it was red hot red hot very activated <laughs> um it's uh yeah it was a yeah i remember the movie sort of sticking with me for a little bit that night but honestly i don't it um 
I mean, I lived I live in front of woods, like our where I grew up. It's it was uh, it was land that was developed at a certain point, like recently, like by the late seventies, early eighties, no, late seventies, I think. So um, I had woods behind my house. We'd spend time in the woods. I don't really like. I didn't camp though. I wasn't like a person that mm-hmm. spent. You know, I wasn't in the woods at night. Um, oh no, no, no. Um, but I didn't really hear activity out out there at night though so it's a different it was a different thing like i could forget that there there's woods there because in one direction it's all woods and the rest is civilization so just behind my my house was the border between Ah. woods which you know go a half a mile in and there's a highway further that further through um but um yeah but i remember the i i don't remember exactly when i had heard of the blair witch project but I remember being amped for it and f- not, f- I didn't fall for the marketing campaign, but I was so intrigued of like, you never saw anything like this before. And I was like, I have to see this. This is so different than anything that was in the th- ever oh, yeah. in the theaters. Like yeah. this is, I gotta go see this. And I'm not, cause I didn't even consider it a horror movie. It just seemed like so creepy and, 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 um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Chilling. It was certainly groundbreaking, yeah. On a, on a lot of levels, the way that the way not only the way the movie itself was made, but the marketing campaign that went with it was not. Uh, I mean, it was the first. It was the first movie that really embraced the internet and used it for, you know, as a way to manipulate and drive its audience. Yeah, I mean that just hadn't. You know, the internet was so knew really at that point i mean it had been around for a few years but yeah i mean you still had tons of people using dial up like aol and all of that oh yeah like at that point yes that um yeah the website looked like legit it was like someone put a this site together about what the project was and who these people were and they're and they're missing and this is what was found yeah it was like so cool i think i may have asked my friend who was my who's going to be my roommate the next fall. Uh, I was going to, we were moving into a place and I think I asked him like, is this it? like the first time I'm hearing of it? I'm like, is, is this real? And he's like, no, it's not real. I'm like, Oh, but like, it's really good. Like this is, I was buying into it. Yeah. Um, be, just that question, like, is it real? And it's funny that there were tons of people that went to this film thinking it was real. Oh yeah. I couldn't believe that, but they, they wanted you to think that yeah. they, that, that was their whole gimmick. Yeah. It totally works. They, I, I was in months prior to the, to the film coming out. It had hit Sundance in uh, January 25th, I believe 99. Oh, okay. And it was a couple of months after that. Uh, I remember it was the spring semester at, at film school for me. I was in the lounge with a couple of the other guys and we're, I don't remember what we were talking about, but somebody brought up Blair Witch. And, like, half of the group I was with was dead set that it was real. Like, that this was real, and they were arguing why. And I I, I mean, I knew, like, I had a feeling that if it was real, it it wouldn't be covered quite this way. Yeah, yeah. There would be actual, like, news reports and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you you couldn't not be intrigued by it. Because you just didn't know, and there was there was, I mean, even on IMDb, like they listed the actors as having died. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> they went pretty deep with it. Yep. Uh, and like they were yeah, even at Sundance, they were handing out missing flyers with the cast on it. I mean, uh, 
they really went all the way with it, which was brilliant, and it worked. Yeah, they, it gave such a a real feeling to the whole thing. Like th- this was something you'd encounter if if someone went missing, mm-hmm. or if you were to just do a light search. You know, like there's not. It's not like search today. Like you can find out anything instantly. Um, and you you had to do some digging back in '99 to find out like yeah. what was going. So you can just put something out there, and it it was it. You could kind of you could fool everyone. Um, and they pretty much. I mean, they really there there really wasn't any evidence that it was a movie. Right. Well, I mean, like or like really anything that pointed at that. It was just. I mean, well, I guess we should just sum up the plot real quick. But yeah. Oh, well, the plot. The uh, plot. A I mean, bunch of dumb, dumb wannabe filmmakers mess with a witch. That's the plot. <laughs> this movie's over. <laughs> End show. You don't, I'm you don't F with witches. Don't mess with them. <laughs> they will mess you up. A bunch of dumb, dumbs. So this is, these were film reels, not film reels, but tapes that were found mm-hmm. supposedly somewhere near Burkittsville, Maryland. And in it, the police discover it's a series of tapes from a documentary of three students who were doing a documentary on the Blair Witch, which was a local kind of mystery who was in the woods near that town. Yeah. And uh, they'd been missing since 1994. It's now 1990. I mean, it's supposed to be 99, right? Present day. Yeah, yeah. So they'd been missing for a few years already, and these are this is the these are the tapes from what they found. Yeah, this is like an assembly of, of their trip through th- through making their documentary. Yeah. So and at no point in the movie do you see anything outside of the footage. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's all from their the two cameras that they that the characters themselves mm-hmm. uh, operate. Originally, they did have, or their plan was to show sort of an aftermath which was a lot of the interview with the townspeople like they were going to have interviews with the characters family members who are who are looking for them yeah that's sort of more in like the real world but they ended up cutting that out or or not using it yeah well a lot and a lot of that they converted into um a special like sci-fi air it was called curse of the blair witch yeah totally watched that uh and I didn't remember until I was doing a little bit of research. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They, and it was really about the mythology of the Blair Witch, but then also the impact of, like, these these kids go missing. Like, and, it like, there was a search and all of that. Yeah. It's kind of neat. But it's funny that they were going to, like, sort of include that as part of a narrative of, like, oh, these, this is – we're watching these other people sort of encounter this is the footage. But, no, this is just the footage. It's such a great way to do it. Um, yeah, it's really the first. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say it's the first documentary style movie. That's not true. But I mean, th- it was the first horror movie done like this, right? This, as far as I can remember, the found footage. Uh, yeah, the found thing? footage. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you would have. Yeah, I don't know. Unless there's some experimental stuff, but this certainly was something that was mainstream. You know. Uh, this yeah. is ex- this is experimental filmmaking. Oh, know? totally. Like, yeah, and it just happened to be something that everyone got to see. Yeah, um, we'll just mention them briefly, but or not briefly. But the directors are uh, writers and directors are Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, mm-hmm. who were 
I mean, they were like music video editors at the time who mm. just kind of put some money away or raised raise some money for... They had a budget of $60,000 to do this movie. Yeah. And it was done on, like, high 8 cameras, and yeah. which, if anybody remembers that, I had a couple of those cameras. Uh-huh. But nice. super easy to use, you know, low maintenance, mm-hmm. you know, cheap to get tapes for and everything. Um, they shot it in September and October of 1997 and then spent about a year and change cutting it together and getting the marketing together. But, um, yeah, just really, just really total guerrilla filmmaking. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be almost couldn't be more bare bones than that. They've got three actors, two cameras. The actors are operating the cameras. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't have any lights. Maybe they had a couple, you know, discreetly placed but i mean watching the movie you you can't there's no i mean no. when it's dark it's dark like the the light on the camera is really yeah that's all you it see it was through. really quite brilliant to make that a plot point so that it, it works you know there's not forced lighting from one way or another or mm-hmm. one spot or another that's going to take you out of that this kind of a movie yeah you can you you get a sense of there uh, of how trapped alone in the dark they are even if they're just illuminated but you you know outside that light there's nothing it's darkness it's i mean like, yeah the, the darkness the darkness to me feels like like when you're underwater like they're that mm, yeah. engulfed by it yeah it's all yeah it's they're 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 just enveloped yeah and uh oh man it's it, it totally works and it's great like there's the audio quality isn't good like if they weren't pointing the the mics in the right way I mean, yeah um or if the the sound equipment wasn't on that the character Mike was ru- running around with, mm-hmm. um, you weren't getting good sound either. So they did a really nice job with the sound, also because you can tell sometimes they're using the mic from the other cam. You know, oh, yeah. not necessarily the camera you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. Depending on what they want to emphasize, but they, yeah, what you were saying before that that trick of like sometimes the voices would trail off, and yeah. it was just really smartly done. And yeah. Um, they cast three inexperienced actors. I mean, they're they're fresh faces. I mean, I don't yeah. think they even had an opportunity to cast or any desire to cast a, a name in this at all. No, that was not going to happen. Yeah, uh, Josh Leonard, Heather Heather Donahue, and Mike Michael C. Williams yeah. were the three cast members that um, didn't really. I mean, this was this. Josh has gone on to do a few things. He he's a working actor. Yeah, he's still he, around. You can def- you can see him. Yeah, uh, but he's done a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams did a little bit of TV. Heather Donahue pretty much left the business kind of because of this movie. Yeah, she was done. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like very real feeling people. I never really felt watching it back this time. I could see a little bit actory stuff. Yeah, but but nothing that really is that that really stands out as that these are these are actors playing a role mm-hmm. because all of this was very lightly scripted, mostly improv mm-hmm. um, dialogue and and how they interacted with each other. Yeah, I mean the actors were getting instructions every day yeah. from the filmmakers that they were keeping and they were keep that secret. They 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 were getting what their character knows or feels or needs to say or mm-hmm. do and then 
but they would allow the actors to find those moments to, to do that and they're filming each other the whole time doing it it's um, really it's really a head trip yeah you know what these directors were doing with these actors I mean they they signed up for it so I think they knew what they were getting into yeah it wasn't any kind of trick or anything like that but yeah and reading through it like you can sort of you could zero in on those details of like oh boy like they were in the woods and they gave them instructions and they didn't tell them stuff but it, they had never at never any point did these actors feel unsafe or yeah. feel like they were being like burdened by the weather or anything i mean like yeah you're a little cold and uncomfortable yeah you're That's a little camping. hungry but like you're not you're not in a you're not in some strange like torturous situation and you're just doing it for the art like they they properly it sounds like it seems like they did it all properly in terms Mm -hmm. of let's do something experimental let's find character work we'll give you your light you know motivation every day but you find that between the three of you and it's great because they made the actors use their own names or didn't make them but they all agreed to use their own names so they got to be a version of themselves with each other Um, and so when you find as the, as their adventure continues to turn to chaos and hell, adventure, it's an adventure. I'd call, I'd call it a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and they're screaming at each other and and irritable and angry and then getting scared. Like it's it it feels real. Yeah, um, it feels like something you would it, you might see in another person, but you never point a camera at. Right, like. That's the the weird conceit of this is that well and it's perfect because it's Heather who insists to just record everything even in their lowest moments and they're screaming at each other and but but she's that like the character is designed to be that going one step further like I rewatching it I the last time I saw this movie was in that theater the, the um back then and then I rewatched it for for this. Um, having probably only seen random minutes uh, if it was on HBO or I don't know but um, man I hated Heather like I was like man she's really good like I hate her yeah I knew women like her I knew people like her like this sort of um, kind of a know-it-all and kind of just too in control too controlling and then also like smart and also super articulate so it's like Oh, you're just you're just a jerk. Like you you suck. Like <laughs> like she you can tell she's smart because she's how she speaks. Um, but she's also like creating all these problems, and it's just annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the Heather character is, I I, I was I, I felt an, a lot of annoyance with her early on, and I'm like, ah, oh, dealing with her. Like, but I f- wasn't thinking that she's acting. You know, yeah. she's acting. They're doing that's that's being done for a reason. Yeah, it's it's perfect. There's a lot of subtle tension that's built up just from their interactions with each other mm-hmm. that you don't. You know, they're building that foundation before they even get into trouble. Yeah, you know, so you're already feeling kind of like your nerves are starting to get. Um, riled up by her, and then when everything starts going down, then you're just. You know, if they're doing their job right, like your emotions are kind of going out of control. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, that's what happened with me. Yeah, for sure. C- clearly. <laughs> well, it's funny that like the like I wouldn't let my imagination go too wild with like if I watched something scary, and I wasn't watching a ton of scary things, but 
Um, I remember walking home from my friend's house who lived like two blocks away. And it, it, the, tr- the path is just along the street. And to my left are the houses. And then behind those houses are woods. And it's just that's how it is. So I remember once just thinking, like, what if there was like a bunch of murderers just like they can just run out like and it's dark out like they could just run out and kill me and then run back into the woods i know and for whatever reason i was just pumping that scenario in my head as i'm walking home which i had done a hundred times and just sort of like understanding the world just opened up the world just got bigger there's could be crazy people in the woods and and it like messed with me and i ran the rest of the way home and it was such a it sticks with me just because i like let my imagination go with it for almost no prompting i just kind of and but and i let it kind of simmer and um so to uh, i don't know like the experience of being in the woods uh and like what they're trying to show you in this film of like having no way out yeah is like so like it every because they have to keep staying in the woods like every night they they hike all day they can't find their way out and they have to camp and then every night gets creepier and creepier and and, and worse and they they feel like someone's going to come get them like, yeah well someone someone is well yeah i mean it, yeah things are well, happening they start getting lost where they're getting lost and then they realize they're going in circles and it's yeah i mean that alone if anyone i'm sure some of you guys have gone camping sure uh you know, camping can be sometimes a frustrating experience when things aren't going your way and tempers are flaring. And then at night they're being tormented every each night, worse, Mm -hmm. worse and worse from like sticks being left in a, you know, a certain pattern uh, or formation like in front of their tent Mm -hmm. to someone like clawing at the tent Oh man! Sounds in the woods, screaming in the woods, yeah, and then them being basically like driven towards this house at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah just talking about it, like I'm getting, I'm getting stressed. <laughs> Got to end this show. No. Yeah, but like the yeah, well they found like when they make the the turning point of just in their adventure of the documentary like, nightmare. <laughs> Uh, that it was like it's we have to go and they ran they are in the woods and they run across the stick figures which probably represent the witch or something like that yeah but they re- there's a bunch of stick figures and it's like okay we gotta go and then Heather insists on staying there and get as much footage and it's like we have to go now like we're lo- we've been lost for an extra day we gotta go now we've hit Creep Town and then that night that's when it like starts getting crazy yeah and they wake up and there's like rock formations that are perfectly aligned to their tent or something. And like, yeah. oh, who did that? Did you, and are we sure they weren't there? Like, no, why would we perfectly, why would we pick this spot and not notice these rocks? Yeah. Like, Oh, people are messing with you. And they hear like branches breaking in the distance at night in the tent. And then the sc- the screaming and all that. That's, that's when it really started to get to me, the screaming. Cause I, I mean, I think I mentioned it in our Friday the 13th episode, mm-hmm. which you can find in the archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the screaming from outside in the woods, like call almost like calling yeah. you out there. That's that's a no no that's, no. That's, that's messed up. That's, no, that would that, yeah that. <laughs> just no no no. Um, but then that and then it's closer to the end where the one night like you mentioned the they're in the tent and they hear stuff around them and then there's there's just hands clawing at the tent 
and then they just bolt out of the tent and like run like and you don't see what it is you don't they don't do a thing. They I don't, don't think the they see what it is. Yeah. I don't. You don't even know. That's again a brilliant thing about this movie, yeah. similar to Jaws, that you don't see. You never see what it is that's doing this to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jaws. You eventually see the shark, but for most of that movie, yeah. And that's leaving it to your imagination mm-hmm. is so much scarier than than whatever it is you're going to see. Right. I mean, if they had dressed up. Somebody in a white dress, you know, like a, a typical witch, like that would that would have ruined the movie. Right, right, right. Absolutely would have ruined the movie. The smartest thing they did was to just never, you never. There, there are no answers for this movie. Right, because you think about it, like if you can buy the conceit of like the the Blair Witch myth that they're encountering, which kind of doesn't make. Like, but you don't that's not like ghosts aren't real poltergeists aren't real doing this kind of thing but we're seeing that happen yeah right um but like were those like you would think like those had to be people doing that like but you never see it like you don't and then they just stand out they like run a mile away and stay awake in the darkness together waiting for sunrise just so they can go back to their camp right camp is trashed or no, well, just Josh's stuff is trash or right. something like that. He's got that. like this weird slime stuff on his weird slime stuff, yeah. and then because he was the one that disturbed the rocks or something. Yeah, he kicked the he like kicked the yeah yeah. So like he, they're sort of figuring out like he's sort of a target now. Yeah, that's so like it's. I forgot about that part, like because mm-hmm. I know he disappears ends up disappearing after a night, like, and then they don't have him for two days, and right? Like toward the climax of the movie. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that he's like a target. Like, they're coming for him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and, and it's interesting behind the scenes of why they... they the, Myrick and Sanchez had had kind of a loose plan mm-hmm. for what was what was happening. They were kind of shooting all sorts of scenarios and, and you know, plot points that were, were happening. Originally, it was supposed to be Mike that gets taken away. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was so much kind of legit tension between Heather and Josh, uh-huh. like the actors yeah. that a lot of, then this is all footage that isn't in the final cut, but they were getting into some serious like fights and arguments. And it got to the point that the directors had to like come uh-huh. out from their, cause they would kind of observe from afar, yeah, yeah. Uh, which probably helped the actors feel a little more comfortable with what they were doing. Yeah. But they actually had to come in and cut and stop the scene a oh, couple wow. of times because it was just too. They just did not like each other. Holy shit! So they kind of essentially wrote Josh out of the movie because right, right. they just couldn't have the two of them. Yeah, they wouldn't have been. And they had an idea for some kind of romantic type tension, but you know, oh, yeah. a romantic interest uh, between them. Yeah. But that kind of went out the window when they were not getting along. So they kind of shifted gears and just switched Mike and Josh. So Mike, you know, made it through at least to the end of the movie. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, this movie is just a complete head trip. I, I, I think I went through a phase where I loved it when it first came out. And then I, I watched it a couple times in the you know in the late two thousands, and I kind of soured on it, uh. probably because of what we'll talk about in a few minutes, which is so many other movies copying this. Sure, the found footage horror movie. Yeah, but now I, I hadn't seen it in def, well over ten years, mm-hmm. and watching it this time, I was like definitely 
engage, re-engaged on it. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for it. I mean, they, I think a lot of it was really good timing yeah. for them to have made this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think it was just really, really inventive and smart. Yeah. Yeah, and going back, like the state of the horror movie in 1999 was really not good. What was what kind of stuff was coming out? I mean, it I was it was very studio driven. I mean, you look at like look franchises at, and stuff. Yeah, just like bigger budget, like looking at, looking at a couple other horror movies, for example, that came out in 99. You've got Deep Blue Sea. Which is a gr- a, gr- well, yeah. a great movie in its own respect. With Samuel Jackson, yes, and LL Cool J. Yeah, great movie. And the Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, the Thomas Jane. The Thomas Jane. Not a Thomas Jane. The he's, Thomas Jane. He's Tom Jane. Mm-hmm. Anyone get that reference? Is that a Arrested Development yeah, reference? Yeah, you got okay. it. All right, you and your Arrested Development oh, references. God. Uh, and then the haunting. Haunting came out there, yeah, with Lily, Lily, Lily Taylor, Lily Taylor, and Craig Liam, T. Nelson, Liam Neeson. No, just it wasn't Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> he was in Poltergeist. Yeah, uh, Liam Lee, Neeson. Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah, right. and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. And wasn't Catherine Zeta Jones Douglas? Ooh, yeah. she may have been. I think she was in that too. But yeah, those are the kinds of horror movies coming out that mm-hmm. like just bigger budget, bigger, just the really. Hollywood at that point they're yeah. very um, just the opposite of Blair Witch yeah just very unreal <laughs> like tr- taking advantage of the new filming take uh, taking advantage of the new filmmaking techniques CGI things like that yeah. like big money's being yes like you know cool like maybe set design art direction yeah things yeah like good, that. Like great big things great looking big. sets yeah but big yeah yeah um, and this comes you know in the middle of all that this comes out which is the total opposite direction couldn't be more minimal and it uses it to its advantage and it really goes to like the core of like what is what is horror Mm. you know what what really scares you um bloody knives (laughs) well then then you're fine oh okay yeah i mean yeah this movie did nothing for me (laughs) (laughs) um and kind of like we were just talking about that uh, what you can't see mm. is, you know, what you can't see is is extremely scary. Right. Uh, being helpless, being, you know, unable to unable to get help, unable to really like defend yourself, and not knowing what you're even fighting. Mm-hmm. All of that is what's going on here. And these guys are just, I mean, they're they're doomed from the get go. As soon as they leave that town, it's you kind of know that it's over. I mean, obviously, you know that it's over because you see the opening, the opening. You know, uh, yeah, they're missing. Yeah, that they're they're been missing for however many years. But, but that's what's that's what's so cool about like watching this assemble documentary. Like they don't know that they aren't going to make it. That all they have to do is just get out of the woods. Yeah. All they have to do it is seems follow so the simple. map. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, they're just going to follow the map. They'll go. It'll be fine. And then. Uh, you so you go along with the ride with them like you you don't you don't necessarily forget that they don't make it out but you're like there doesn't seem to be a reason they wouldn't like right this seems reasonable <laughs> yeah like how how far could they have been from a road <laughs> yeah and without doing like 
crazy special effects or fogs or all that like to show like oh they're trapped they can't figure it out they're just like no they keep they keep just going in circles because they just keep going in circles yeah that you don't have to show a supernatural element to, to hey by the way this is why it's not working like no it's just this is but this is the reality of it yeah just keeping it all real the whole time yeah um and they continue to spiral down into like helplessness they even even in the shots even in the scenes in, during daylight mm-hmm. there's a complete sense of dread mm-hmm. and like I, that's what i felt watching it this time that mm. like you can it doesn't feel like oh because it's daylight oh they can see for you know they can see where they are they can it just feels like the woods themselves if it's not the darkness that's engulfing them it's the the trees and the woods themselves that's just there there's no way they're getting out of there yeah uh, I I didn't I didn't you know I didn't feel that though it it just I felt safer in the daylight with them I'm like oh, they of course just, a little bit like yeah they're gonna all oh, they they can find a road like there's nothing I was like totally in in Heather's like camp of like you're gonna hit a road eventually like you you're not you know they're in Maryland they yeah. they know where they have a basic idea of where they are yeah they should get out of this I mean I they was, did park their cars somewhere and walk yeah. in yeah so why can't they walk out. But you can. I mean, uh, have you ever been lost in the woods? No, not legitimately, no. Yeah, I never go in, especially after this movie. <laughs> uh, never go deep enough in where, yeah. you know, I, my family and I have gone camping plenty of times, but it's like the car is right at our... Yeah, you stay you know. within sight of your... Oh, yeah, within feet of it. But no, I mean, I, I can understand someone actually getting lost in the woods. I mean, it can definitely happen. It happens happen. all the time. Yeah. You know, it's not... Yeah, so, but like three reasonable people had a map that really weren't going you know they were like only traveling a couple miles like, right to get to they never and they were trying to find this house and they never find the house and they decide well they, then then they have to go so they got and then that's when you know so they never found it in terms of the original like mm-hmm. their original task and then they're camping every night and then time to go yeah and then later they come across the house at the end the, the climax of the movie and and there's there's a there's a lot of backstory that they don't really get into in the movie itself. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff mentioned in the beginning when they're interviewing the townspeople. Yeah. That's all kind of key information to hint at what's happening. Yeah. Um you get more of the backstory if you watch that documentary yeah. that that you saw on the Sci-Fi channel yeah. or you know some of the behind the scenes stuff. And I guess the sequels you you sure. which we'll talk about that stuff in a minute but uh there's there's two things that they're really look going after and and it's really unclear of how they mix together Mm -hmm. because there's the blair witch which is uh ellie kedward was her name the character's name i think yeah who was a witch who was during the salem witch trials and was you know convicted of being a witch and banished from the town and yeah um and now she's getting supposedly getting revenge by kind of snatching people in the woods people have disappeared yeah people enter the woods and don't come out yeah and that's the that's what one of the things they're looking after there was also a uh convicted child murderer named rustin parr right Who's now the house they find at the end is his house. Yeah, he lived in the woods. Or right. right. And he's the one that 
would abduct the children and make them face the wall while he killed one and, and then he would kill the other one. Yeah. Uh, so, and then he was eventually, within the world of this story, was caught and convicted and confessed to all these murders. Yeah. Now, what's not clear is how those two connect. Right. Now, there's a lot of theories about it that the witch was sort of controlling mm-hmm. Rustin Parr and that's why he was doing these murders. Right that she was like basically using his physical body to commit the the murders but mm. but th- again that's not really focused on in the movie so it's a little bit when you think about it it's like what a, what, what is do? happening here at the end yeah well there's like well and but and I think that they may have referenced some other event or at least in the mythology of like the website and stuff like that like they were showing that the witch and the rust and part and there's other just creepy shit that happens yeah. in this this woods like it's all there's all a supernatural thing. It starts with the witch, but it's things happen. People go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah there but, was there's a story about finding uh, five men who were tied together and tortured, and oh, right. murdered, and they yeah. found someone found the bodies, and when they went back with the police, the bodies were gone. Oh yeah, like yeah. there's a whole slew of things that yeah that had happened. So like there's there's just all these legends uh in that area of the of the woods and they're just they're this these kids are out to sort of just document it and explore they want to find that house and uh so next next summer guys reconsinimation is taking a field trip and we're gonna we're gonna find out what happened really in those woods we're gonna david and i are going with our high eight cameras and we're just gonna we're, we're just gonna, gonna record everything and find see what happens. We're gonna figure this out. Let's yeah. just get to the bottom of this finally. Yeah, I, yeah, I it's think just, it's, it's about time. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be its twenty. The movie's twiftieth uh, birthday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed that movie. Over we're gonna 20 find years Heather and Mike and Josh. I hope so. Yeah, I watched the trailer for the the soft reboot. Mm. Blair Witch. Yeah, from two thousand sixteen, and it's Heather's younger brother. Mm-hmm takes a bunch of friends to go find where heather might have gone yeah which is the logical sequel yeah i guess you should we talk about the sequels for a sec before we go back to the the rest of the movie but. i mean yeah sure i mean so yeah th- well this movie's so huge our artisan entertainment who bought the movie puts a, a sequel in the fast track like let's go you got to get it out by halloween next year yeah of 2000 they have so. less than a year or more or less yeah. like to get it done uh, and so the original. Now this is bow. Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows. The original creators bow out. They don't have time. They don't have a story. They can't do it. The thing they want to do, which would be probably been a prequel um, about the Blair Witch or Rustin Parr, it wasn't going to materialize. So they just said, "Go with God, Artisan. Make make your sequel since you own it." And uh, Book of Shadows was what a new a new group of teens. What happens? Yeah, I never saw this one. I will say Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice is in it, and yeah. he is fantastic in that trailer. <laughs> it's um, I only saw it in pieces because oh. it would play on our local. Somebody would play it on our local uh, movie channel on our college campus. Uh, okay, so I would watch like five minutes and then just throw the remote across the room because <laughs> it was so bad this movie is awful uh-huh. it's so bad it's it's the antithesis of what the first movie is right it's the complete it's hollywood, hollywood yeah. version with these stereotypical 
kind of characters. Like you've got your sassy goth girl. Yeah. The goth chick that hangs out in the graveyard. Yeah. And it's, and it's big, you know, big, like, you know, tracking shots and, and, you know, big crane shots, these wide, like, Oh, here they go. Walking into the cemetery, crane up and back. And you get the whole scenery, like just bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it's a terrible movie. Don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it made fifty million ish dollars. Oh, it made uh, all of that off the first movie. Off, it just completely piggybacked the first yeah, movie. Yeah, everyone was going to go see a sequel to Blair Witch, and it was like they saw it opening weekend, and that was it. And they told their friends and said, "Nope, don't go see this. This yeah. is trash." Uh, and uh, I think everyone would rather wish this movie never happened. Yeah, and the one from two thousand sixteen, I think, is the more natural sequel. Right. I mean, the the plot at least makes sense. It, it looks very. I mean, it's shot the same way as the first one. Yeah. It's really right in line with the original one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have yet to see that. I'm going to watch it soon. I do. Yeah, I want to see it. Just I'm just curious. Like, what do you what do you try to do? Yeah. And in the trailer, they they show that horrific things are happening to them. Uh, like, and they're filming it, so mm-hmm. it's not you know. It's not just scares and like the psychological, not just the psychological thing of like the first movie, because that's all you can really rely on. There was no, so there's a horror element with a little bit of physical, visceral mm-hmm. gore or something, but um, why not? I'm it, interested to see like where the plot goes. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of, I'm going to circle back to the original one. There's a lot of, there's a few different theories about what, again, what's happening during this movie. There's a theory that the witch has at some point taken over Josh mm-hmm. and that Josh is the one kind of manipulating them deeper and deeper into the woods <laughs> while he's whether he's doing this uh, you don't know like at what point uh-huh. he stopped being Josh and started being controlled by the witch uh-huh. um, and that it's all kind of a setup right. that you know he's like self mutilating you know once he goes missing and they find you know that one morning they open up the tent and they find heather finds a uh, like a wrapped up rag that has some kind of a tooth and a bone and hair and josh's necklace supposedly Mm -hmm. that it's him doing this to himself to get them deep draw them deeper into the woods that's just stop talking you know these stop talking to film students about this shit (laughs) that's okay (laughs) there's a theory that that, sounds nice but no (laughs) there's a theory that josh and mike are working together nope (laughs) you buy that one How much is it's pretty straightforward there? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't I, buy. Any I don't that. like, I, like I've, I as an exercise. That's those are fun discussions to have, but mm-hmm. to acknowledge them as theories and all that shit is just I don't. That, well, people, I'm like I'm annoyed at you right now. <laughs> Good thing we're in separate booths. Uh, people for these kind of movies, they they want a solid answer. Like right. there are a lot of people who don't like the unknown and don't like sure. you, you know like. Let's just say again, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. They people do not like a open ended finale. Right, that's a bit of a human. A lot of people, thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I get that. You're, so people, you're telling a story. You right. know, you want you want reasons why things happen. Yeah. Totally get that. So th- there is a, there is a part of the audience that's like would probably want to see the witch just appear. Like that was the witch. Okay, yeah. the yeah. witch was doing it yeah. instead of just nothing and. What happened to Heather? What happened to Mike? Yeah. I mean, what happened to Josh? You can assume Josh is dead. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, if his teeth are there, but they, you know, they hear him yelling. They hear him and, yelling you know, later. I mean, well, right at, to the end at the at the house, and like, and they go they go crazy. Like Mike's like, he's got to find him. He's got to find John. He wants to. They feel like he's dying or being killed. Or yeah, like, it's tortured, her friend. You know, and because uh, Josh is, uh, I mean, the backstory. Josh is the one friends with both of them, but Heather and Mike don't know each other. They're meeting for I the think, first time. I think that's true. Yeah, Josh hired Mike to be the sound guy for yeah. this project. Um, but Josh is sort of the middle person there. Yeah. So th- that intensity at the end, I mean, my heart was racing. Yeah. You know, when they find, as soon as they find that house. And there's also other things that th- they did have a someone in sort of a white dress yeah. off on the side that when you hear Heather say, like, what the hell is that? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. She's supposed to turn the camera and. Sh- shoot you know film this yeah. whatever this vision is but she actually didn't do it yeah <laughs> so you thing. never you, you they didn't get it yeah um but they find the house and they run in and they're hearing josh screaming from the upstairs so they run upstairs and then they hear him from the basement yeah. and then they're running downstairs yeah. and heather's just kind of completely panicking yeah. screaming, screaming trying to keep up with mike who's like lost his mind and then you see, you know, him get knocked, or the camera that he's holding just gets knocked to the knocked to the ground. Yeah. And then you see, you know, Heather. You cut to Heather, and, and she's, she's following him. Yeah, she's going down the house. And just, oh man, she's like, screaming, Mike, Mike, like yeah. screeching, screaming, like yeah, like. And then she gets the she gets down to that basement. I mean, that final shot. I mean, it's, I rem- in the theater. I don't, I'll never forget being there and just. I, <laughs> yeah, like your breath like totally, totally taken away. Taken away, like damn, that's good. It's yeah, like, you know, Mike's facing the wall, just like you heard in that story, and then she gets, and then boom, boom. Then camera, the camera just, goes down, and then the camera just runs for, and you don't like, hear anything. You don't hear anything, and you're just like hoping, like you want to see something, like just anything to give yeah. you an answer, and you never nothing. You don't get, they don't give you anything, anything. and it's uh, brilliant. I mean, yeah. it really is. It's, yeah. I, I think the movie has uh, people have forgotten about it over time, yeah, it's and not. forgotten the impact that it had and why it worked so well. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and watch it, I mean, it's it's. I think it's. I think it hits all the right notes. Yeah. Um, especially with what we were just saying, like just not giving you anything, leaving it all up to your imagination. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike. Mike is standing in that corner. Why? How did why? that happen so fast? Yeah. He just got essentially. Uh, killed yeah. or knocked out at least yeah but now he's standing facing the wall yeah. clearly like not himself is he possessed or possessed, propped up yeah. there or yeah. what uh-huh. you don't know oh so good it's, it's such just a, what a great image like what a perfect they did that so well that that they planned that so well uh, I mean, apparently that climax though they've shot that more traditionally like it took like two days and they shot four different endings oh did they really yeah oh I didn't which know you can actually there's you can actually see them on YouTube. Really? And they some of them, them are creepier than others. I think mm-hmm. they made the best choice out of all of them. Like there's like just like they're cut, but they're it's the cut, same. It's a, it's edited. the same sequence. Okay, uh-huh. where you know Heather runs down the stairs, looks left, oh. looks right, and it's what Mike is doing that changes. Oh really? You so there's it? one where he's facing the wall. Uh-huh. There's one where, which I think maybe a little bit creepier, where he's in the corner but facing you facing her uh-huh. and just kind of like staring at her like blanks like that dead kind of stare oh my god like that that one got to me <laughs> oh my god man. um 
There's one where he's uh, hanging from a noose. Whoa. And then there's one where he's like floating. Like there's a bunch of the stick formations uh-huh. ha- like hanging from the ceiling. Uh-huh. And he's kind of tied up among one of them like what? floating in the air. They shot those? Yeah. That's cool. I'm, gonna, I'm going to YouTube yeah. right now. Let's there's... pause. <laughs> That's cool. But they picked the right one. And we're back. David just checked oh out. Oh, my all those. God. And he's... Ugh. He was crying for a little while. We, this this is three hours later. Yeah. I'm just... I was a, re- a mess. But we got to get out of the studio before it gets too dark. No, I got to get on my bike. <laughs> Why do I... And I'll get on my skateboard. Why do I take a bike uh, 85 miles home? <laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so there are the multiple endings. They pick the right one, but they're all... That creepy. Sounds, I want to see those creepy endings. That sounds cool. None of them give you any more no. information. But I, I love the idea that they're. I mean, obviously, they. This is like an eighty-something-minute movie. They shot hours and hours and hours of footage and condensed and tried to condense it down into this narrative, which totally works. But the, just the idea that there's all that other footage that no one's ever seen. It would. Um, yeah. The, and you know, obviously, if it's on YouTube, people have seen it. But like, no one's ever seen it. it, it seeing those characters doing that different shit like i do like alternate takes and alternate endings just to be like oh what if they did that yeah um i don't think it's a requirement for like you know like oh they should release that like if that stuff's not on the dvd i'm not buying it kind of thing yeah um but uh yeah oh cool Cool. yeah it's uh they shot twenty uh, over twenty hours of footage over the course of what eight eight days i think it's eight days yeah yeah uh, Which it, feels like a really intense. That had to be a really intense experience for these actors. I would say. I would think. You know, because it's a total like twenty four seven. You're you know almost method acting. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be living that, living their character's life. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're doing it. You're walking through the woods. And, yeah. And again, it's not like they were. It's they were constantly acting the whole time. They they could have those breaks. They have to sleep. You know, they have. Yeah. And they know when they're going to have to act. But it's still like, and the, you, you said earlier the directors would would leave like a little package for them in the morning, like yeah. with with you know food for the day and yeah. little character directions, and like it would be like you know to Josh, don't trust Heather, right? You know, like that kind of stuff. This yeah. little manipulations, and there were when they were filming it, there were times where like right behind them is a road, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah. So you know. Yeah, it's kind of like like Empire Strikes Back when they shot Hoth. Like there were times that behind directly the behind the camera was the hotel. Was the hotel. So, yeah, they're just like right outside. The hotel. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic outside the studio today. Well, it's a busy. There's a. They're we're getting ready for the Halloween parade down yeah. down the studio. Yeah, it's gonna be. We we hired ten thousand actors. It's kind of like Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be hourly. Uh, yeah, once an hour. Yeah, <laughs> once an hour. <laughs> um. But, well, shit. What was I going to say? I don't know. Something about shooting it. Doesn't matter. There was a... The actors did shoot all the footage under sort of the supervision of a DP. Mm-hmm. Neil Fredericks, who was kind of uh, more of a guide for how the visuals were going to work. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't... There was no camera department. Yeah. Other than maybe, you know, Neil or somebody else just kind of like handling the cameras yeah. and probably popping into tapes and batteries and shit yeah. i think 
the I mean, and that, that's so interesting to put those cameras in the ha in their hands and giving them that light direction of like, make sure you're just framing each other correctly yeah. and everything. Get it, you know, shoot it like you would try to. And the, again, like Heather, the Heather character is just insistent on taping everything, and then they'll even argue about that. But then the other camera will still be on, you know, because what else are you gonna do? You've got the gear. But like, yeah. just keep taping. Like, well, that was and that was a part of their casting was they had to be able to improv and they had to be able to work the cameras. Yeah, yeah. That was like kind of the conditions of who they were going to cast in these parts. Yeah, but they were kind of high on they didn't they cast Josh first. I, I think, think Josh was first. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then Heather, and then Mike, I believe. Yeah, and then Heather, uh, you read about the you know the stories they've they've told about the audition process and like. They they'd have actors in these rooms, and then they were all told like you're gonna, we're just gonna prompt you, and you gotta improvise until. And her her story, that she was just asked she was asked like you, you're you're serving twenty five years for murdering your own baby, and you're up for parole. Why would why do you think you should have parole? Tell us. And she's like, I don't think you should. I don't think you should uh, release me or something like that. Yeah. And she just goes off on that kind of thing, like going to a dark place. So, and they're like, yes, like they, they hit on her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's not – and just like she's a real-looking person. She's not a Hollywood-type look. Like none of these guys look like – No, they're real. Like, they look like real people. They look like real college-age kids more or less. And um, I mean, Josh could be a cousin of the Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah, a cousin, a, a cousin, yeah, like a distant, a di yeah. But I mean, it's certainly, like they're just young, hungry artists at that time, and so they're they're you're only gonna find twenty one, twenty two year olds who are willing to just like say f it and go, yeah, let's do something experimental mm -hmm. and crazy and make a thousand bucks or whatever they got paid. And yeah, we'll take points or something. You know? I don't even know if they. I don't think they got points. They probably didn't. I don't know. I mean, when when you look at, I guess let's sidebar for a second about what happened to these actors after this movie. They died. They were never heard from again. They were dead. Uh, but they, n not much really. I mean, like we said before, Josh is a, still a working actor, and he's he's. Yeah. appeared in things and for a while Mike I know Mike did some law and orders and yeah. was around but within a few years they were th this is one of those things that especially for Heather it was a blessing and a curse because yeah. she was so um, you know she became the face of the movie really with the poster and the close up shot that's so iconic Yeah, uh, that she was typecast and couldn't really break out for a career of, of on her own yeah and i think just burned out of the industry uh and left within a couple of years of this movie yeah she got i mean she she got a real hollywood lesson really quick because of you know they had this lightning in a bottle thing and they had no preparation for for what that would be and then the, the exposure they had and you know because she wasn't hollywood beautiful and she used her real name. She says her biggest regret was using her real name yeah. in the in the movie, um, like they all did. It's just it's kind of an unfortunate thing. She's like she was an artist. She wanted to do this thing, and then it just 
I mean, she could have she could have tried to overcome, but mm-hmm. she's like, screw that, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, yeah. you know. And she had, she staked out on her own career. I mean, she's like a really successful like medical marijuana yeah. grower or something like yeah. that. And you know, she's fine. Like they're all doing. I think she fun. wrote a book about it too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, and like yeah, Mike, Mike is like a teacher or a yeah. counselor, school yes. counselor, or something like yep. that. You know, he d- and like Heather would never go back and do it. She like she said that she would never do anything. No. Like, even if they asked, like, as a courtesy, like, she'd be like, no. I think they have had, I've seen pictures of Mike and Josh, like, some kind of spoof thing. I don't know if it was for for what what show it was for, but with them, like, coming out of their tent, like, they're in the woods coming out of their tent, like, stretching and, Uh like, some kind of gag. Oh, okay. uh, From uh, within the last couple of years. Oh, really? They're all, I think they all did a great job as actors in this movie. I mean, this is something really difficult to pull off that they did. And I think it's unfortunate that they weren't able to, you know, transition that, especially Heather into a bigger career. Yeah. You would think. And it's funny. Cause I, yeah, I have a, I have a vision of Heather based on how she looks in the movie and all that. And then seeing her at the, you know, Hollywood parties and stuff like that. She looks totally different. She looks dolled up. She looked, she's pretty. I mean, mm-hmm. she's like, and she would say, like, you know, I, I, should have, I should have put mascara on. I should, I should have done this if I wanted to, like, to be accepted this way. Yeah. And but it's because she looks like a plain Jane. Her character is a fucking asshole. And you know, she won the Razzie that year because, but she, and which and is I, crazy. To and me. I agree with her that she says it's because they hated the character, not because I was bad at it. Right. Like, and I was like, she was great at it. And that's why I was like, yeah, you know what? I do hate Heather. I hated yeah. her. And then. Uh, and but that 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 doesn't gel with the point of like the Razzie, which is just celebrating how bad these people, yeah. these actors are. She's not. She's it, fine. She it perfect. bugs me that that movie that that movie and, and she specifically got that. Yeah, quote unquote it's award. kind of that. It's kind of that just women hating kind of thing. Like the it, whether it's not. I don't think it's very obvious mis- and overt misogy- like misogyny. But that's what it is. It's couched in like she's a bitch. She's a controlling like know-it-all bitch, mm-hmm. and she she killed all those guys. Like she's yeah. responsible, and that's what that's what's great. She has the big monologue. She she knows she's going to die, and she talks to that camera. And watching that sequence again, I was like, dang, I was just in it. Like, yeah, she knew they were going to die. Like that's and it's such a good performance she too. Was I mean, wonderful, totally in it. Yeah, and. I mean, you know, doing a selfie basically, essentially, is what she's <laughs> yeah. doing. Like, and having that shot right, you know, right up, up her nose. Up her nose. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be humbling to see that on the big screen. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I she just didn't. Uh, I think she did a great job, and yeah. it's unfortunate that uh, that wasn't this wasn't a springboard to something better because I think they all showed they certainly had the talent to do it. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you can improvise that shit and you're tapping into all those emotions and living, you know, and you're not doing it from a comfortable place, obviously, it, you know, it's 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 motivated by their their you know the cold or the yeah. their hunger or, or the, how tired they are. But mm-hmm. yeah, know. this wasn't like they were on a, a soundstage <laughs> doing it. They yeah. had just come from the hair and makeup trailer. Like they were kind of living this experience in a way. Yeah, 
you know, in their minds, as far as an actor goes, I mean, it probably was not hard to get in inside these characters. Yeah, but like you don't, you're not, you're not a better actor because you can portray fear or sadness on a stage versus you know in your environment. I mean, that's why this, this is why films are made this way. It's that visceral experience, yeah. getting it, getting that emotion to come across Mm -hmm. and i was i was in it with them like when they were scared i was with them when they were angry at each other i was totally with them yeah um so i i I give this credit this movie more credit now just for really from a filmmaking standpoint and from the character and and actor work i mean it great job yeah i will admit that uh on this rewatch i had to watch it on a sunday morning oh come on couldn't do it at night oh man (laughs) It's something about it. I mean, yeah. Having, I think, it, part of it's having grown up in that area. That, sure. like, I, I could really t- tap into this. Of like, this could happen in right where I live. <laughs> this could happen. Yeah, yeah. My street was quiet. There's four houses on my street, surrounded by woods. Yeah. That I could, I could definitely buy this. <laughs> and with the whole, you know, I guess we should talk about the phenomena of this, of this movie, the after effect of it's coming out. Yeah. Everybody was kind of obsessed with this, and there were so many people. I mean, if you had stock and high eight cameras, I bet it uh, <laughs> you would have done very well before those were defunct. But. Right. <laughs> um, but everyone was going out and kind of doing their own versions of Blair Witch kind of movies. I mean, I <laughs> I remember going out with my camera and my friends into the woods, and yeah, there was we would find broken down old run down houses that had been abandoned 50 years ago and were falling apart and you'd come up with your own kind of mystery of mm-hmm. what what happened here and yeah uh i mean we a lot of people were doing that i see it was a it was a fad was it a fad yeah <laughs> i guess it was i think uh dawson's creek actually did an episode on that dawson, oh, did they? dawson was doing his own blair witch thing and, and dawson and then dawson runs a He's interviewing locals in the. I wasn't. Wa- I didn't watch the show regularly, but uh, he was interviewing a local because he was. He wanted to talk about the legend of this local. Blah blah blah. Then the guy's interviewing. He pulls out his camera and he says, "I'm making a documentary about all the people making documentaries about the local legend." Like, this show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was really it's, engaged for that. <laughs> That's a real thing that happened, by the way. So, uh, as we said before, the uh, it had a budget of sixty thousand dollars, uh, sixty thousand, sixty k, sixty thousand clams. Uh, it hit Sundance January twenty fifth, ninety nine, and you said that already uh, like had a buzz was kind of building. Yeah, yeah. With the way they were promoting it at Sundance, Artisan came and picked it up for uh, I think it was one point one million dollars. It bought. But something around yeah, there. cool mill. Yeah, or so yeah, and that's when the marketing. And I don't know who to attribute if this is the directors mm-hmm. who came up with the internet campaign or somebody at Artisan, but brilliant move. Oh yeah, to embrace like we were talking about earlier, embracing the internet and really using it to to manipulate uh, that the whole internet campaign. It, it was basically six months of just build up. Yeah. Well, I think one of the directors created a website 
to, it was them, right? They, yeah, they, they created did. the website, and I'm sure like that's when and when Artisan bought it, they took over and mm-hmm. expanded on that and used it instead of being, you know, using the lo-fi sort of uh, viral advertising mm-hmm. for it and using the mythology, using the story as the as the hook. Yeah, because uh, it's all the website was all news reports and yeah, and like not new or, or well, articles, you know, fake new like newspaper articles. Yeah, and like the missing, like the, the, there was photographs of the fa- of the found film canisters. Yeah. and the and the dat and all that, or something like that. And which a, they had shot time. for the movie. They had shot the police. The pol- like all it was on an evidence table. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I, I don't think it's footage you can find online, but you can if you research it. There was scenes of like the 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 police had laid out all the evidence. And, yeah. Well, and like the 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 original website still exists and operates. It's still blairwitch.com slash project slash main.html. There you go. I think it's something like that. It's very specifically you memorize that. Oh, you you know it. And then there's like you know there's a, a and this is a website that looked like it was designed in '99. Like it was very basic, just a couple of links going about the filmmakers and then the mythology of the Blair Witch and the um, and I think Rustin Parr and the murder mm-hmm. the murders of the soldiers or whatever um, and it's just very basic but you're like you can it, you're you're touching something you're just on the surface of like this thing that's happening in this town like, yeah you know because there's no official news report there's no official thing like that you can say like there's an article about what people have uncovered it's just like here are the film here's this picture here's this here's what we know very like loose and it it makes you fill in all the gaps yeah like what happened like what what could that be yeah so fun um the internet i missed 1999 (laughs) internet oh my god it was a different world back then it was the wild west back then (laughs) there was no algorithms to determine what what site you're going to click next Oh God! Yeah, it was so, such a simple time. Predictive uh, algorithms or whatever the hell—it ruined everything. <laughs> I don't care. I shop for a vacuum cleaner on Amazon. I buy the vacuum cleaner, and the next time I go on Amazon, check out all of these vacuum cleaners you looked at. Yeah. Want to buy one? No, I did. I did. Talk about creepy. Like just uh, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it opened July thirtieth, nineteen ninety-nine. The wide release on eleven hundred screens. Yeah, 29.2 million dollar opening. Bam. That's quite a uh quite a success from a $60,000 budget. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Uh it was number 2 at the box office that weekend, 140 million dollar uh domestic gross and the worldwide of 248 million dollars. Yowza. So that was at the time I think that surpassed Halloween as the highest grossing independent movie in total dollars yeah in total gross yeah in total, okay. yeah okay uh and then it uh, really only lasted about three years and then my big fat greek wedding or whatever that uh, was kind of surpassed that okay but huge success uh for for this movie and the directors myrick and sanchez really haven't done a lot since then Nothing, nothing big studio wise. No, I think I, they're both working filmmakers. But they they're are, not. They they're are not. Yeah, studio guys. They're no. not big budget guys. No. Um, I think one of them though does did a segment for VHS two. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so staying, I think they stayed in the horror convention. Yeah. They were wannabe horror filmmakers. Yeah. And, 
I think there was a lot of pressure on them to follow this up and rather than uh, do a forced Hollywood version like what they did with Blair Witch 2. Yeah. Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows. What a terrible name that is. Book of Shadows. What is a Book of Shadows? Yeah, what is a Book of Shadows? That that doesn't intrigue me at all. Not at all. It should be like, scary witch babe. (laughs) Like, oh, who's the scary witch babe? I like Blair's... (laughs) Blair's Witch Project. Blair's which which Blair's project? It's Tony Blair. Which one of Blair's projects are we doing for this <laughs> sequel? Uh, but yeah, they, there was a lot of pressure on them to to follow this up, and they kind of just didn't didn't bite on that. Yeah, well, and you know, and it like, and if they did, if they really tried to kind of game the system, or not game the system, but play along. They could have become those next people. Like, you know, was it uh, who did the Saw series? Who created that? Uh, Steve. Steve Wan. Isn't Wan? No, his last James name? Wan. James Wan. Yeah. You know, he he stayed in the business. He's producing all yeah. sorts of shit. He yeah. stayed, um, the guys who did Paranormal, paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, a direct, all eight of them. A direct influence, directly influenced by Blair Witch. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. And we're going to talk about that. But, like, stay in, then they're mega producers. Like, they do this and they're... they're you know, maybe, and not everybody wants to be that Hollywood big type. Or, in, I don't know. Well, at the time too, the horror, like we were talking about the horror genre. I don't think it. I don't think this is a phase. The horror genre has changed over time, and we talked a little bit about it in Friday the Thirteenth, but uh, which you can listen to in the archives. Yeah, okay, uh, this is in a phase where I don't think the horror genre knew where it wanted to go. It was uh, kind of yeah. lost. Uh, until this movie, but but it took a few years. I mean, The Ring was a, a was was about three three or four years later, mm-hmm. and that was when it was like, okay, this is the direction horror is going to go. Right, a lot more graphic, a lot more violent, a lot more of a head game. But that wouldn't be the case without Blair Witch. Blair Witch really was a turning point in that genre, and you can look at so many movies that were essentially a copycat of it or or taking what Blair Witch did and taking it to the next level or trying to, some successfully and some not. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of the documentary style, point of view style, yeah. um, you know, horror movies where, what like VHS you said, yeah. and God, there's so many of them. Um, paranormal. Paranormal like- Activity. Uh, is it how, what is it? REC record? Rick, I don't know how oh, you yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. That one, the last exorcism. Uh, Cloverfield. So, Cloverfield. Cloverfield is a big one. That's now, like the, that's the huge big budget. Cloverfield. I mean, you, obviously, you have some high level talent behind the, the scenes yeah. on that one. Yeah, so, and that yeah. took it to a, a a monster movie level. Yeah, Godzilla with found footage. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually really like. Cloverfield. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah, I don't know why people because this is a very specific genre. Yeah, the found footage POV movie. Mm-hmm. You can't tell a traditional three act narrative in that way, and you tell a version of that. There is like an there are arcs, but yeah, you're you're seeing it real, visceral. Like you can't do it dramatically, and it's so you if you lose yourself to that, and you're just an observer. 
a lot of this stuff's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I really like Cloverfield. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of problems with it. I mean, I, I have a couple There's issues, issues it. but yeah, it's it's an enjoyable like a, like yeah. like honestly, like every JJ project, there are there are amazingly great things, and then there's a couple of you know things that hold you back a little bit. Yeah, like what? Uh, why? Like ah, <laughs> uh, if you just it would have been perfect if you just yeah. did this. Far be it from me to tell Mr. Abrams what to do or what not to do. Mr. Just... Episode 7 and 9 yes. director? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you he's you gonna, listen to him. Hopefully he's going to clean that mess up. Uh, the mess anyway. started. <laughs> Let's just start there. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're... Huge impact, though, on the horror genre that yeah. you still feel today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... The, I mean, the Paranormal Activity movies are, the, I think, the current version of this but you're, you're still seeing movies done in this style mm-hmm. that security camera you know a lot of them using that security camera footage but that all kind of is born out of this look yeah that look didn't exist before Blair Witch right you couldn't do this and it, it comes to the you know people weren't recording their lives it's so like even in 99 you don't record your life like with pointing cameras all the time Certainly, home movies were huge, and people were recording. I mean, they're recording directly to DVD in some fashion with some of these things. Obviously, this takes place in '94, the movie, right? But it's '99. Um, but can, it's, and it's can, not ubiquitous like today with yeah. with camera phones. We're we're recording ourselves and each other constantly, all all day, every day. When I like, and I like the natural progression. Did you ever see Chronicle? No. Chronicle takes it to that next level of the constant recording of things mm-hmm. and it's basically a, a weird superhero movie it's not superhero but super powered mm-hmm. people <laughs> there's just an amazing the, the climate and it's all found footage so it's people recording each other and themselves basically through their phones and their devices and the, even the climax which is a giant superhero battle that takes place 500 feet in the air still they still they come up with an interesting conceit to make sure it's recorded on devices yeah i want you to see it because it's i won't spoil I'll do it, it this weekend i'm not going to spoil it for you but they they found a way to um to, to use that i think yeah. and i think effectively i think chronicle's a lot of fun well and this movie blair witch you know they're using the height cameras or that style of camera this is the period of time where cameras are starting to get more accessible. Yeah. That it, you didn't have to, like, save up money to get a film camera. It was Everything was starting to move towards video and digital. And, yeah. And uh, it was just a lot easier to start dealing with. And then pretty soon after that, it was, you know, we're in the world of cell phones and cell phone videos. And yeah. every everyone everyone has a phone. Everyone yeah. has a, vi- a camera now. It makes sense that there's cameras running on things. Yeah. And I mean... Um, what's that movie that uh, John Cho is in that is getting so searching? Awesome? Searching, yeah. And it takes place just on webcams and and phones. I mm-hmm. think the entire time. I'm very intrigued to see that. Yeah, I heard that's very good. Very good. Love John Cho. You're a big John Cho fan. I'm a Cho head. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Cho head for years. David Muncho. Hmm. There you go. That's your new Munch one. Dash. Cho. Cho. Munch Cho. Cho fan. Munch Cho fan. It's like swim fan, but Cho fan. <laughs> anyway. Hi, John. So. <laughs> Come for a swim? <laughs> fan? Swim? Swim fan? fan. Uh, so the mo- movie opened up against some counter-programming. 
Runaway Bride. Ooh. And Deep Blue Sea, which we mentioned earlier. A yeah. different kind of horror movie. I will, I will, I'm very excited to cover that movie for a completely different reason sure. than, than this. But uh, I saw both in the theater. Kind uh. of like, not back-to-back, but you know, back-to-back weekends. Miss, Miss Runaway Bride for a while. Oh, but, I see. Yeah. Uh, I, I only saw Deep Blue Sea couple, like a year later on, you know, on tape. Yeah, videotape. And I didn't know about the, the great moment. It Don't spoil in, it here. But the great, I did not know it about it. It is a brilliant Because I'm watching it, and my friends who had seen it, they're like, just keep, like, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. He's like, keep watching. Yep. <laughs> and then the moment happened, and I was hooked. So. Yeah. You, you, that's that's the reason to love that movie. Yeah, like, I loved it. And LL Cool J. But. And I predicted who, who were going to, who survived. Yeah. I, it was a long shot, but I'm like, I didn't, I didn't yeah. go, like, maybe the traditional route. And I, I felt good about that. I'm like, I think I think LL's going to make it to the end here. Yeah. The same guy who survives Halloween H2O, maybe? Is it LL in... Yeah. LL's in Halloween oh, yeah. H2O? I have a feeling you're going to be watching that. <laughs> like, soon. Yeah. It is October. The the Spooktacular. Spookfest. It's, it's Spookfest here on the uh, the old lot. Yeah. I should be watching horror movies every day. Yep. We're reconcinemizing horror all month long. Yeah. Uh, Catch and the fever. Blair Witch is uh, number ten of number the number ten movie of nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. That's true. What a year! If this was if this was number ten, what a great movie! Uh, what a great time for movies. Was it? Well, let's talk about. Yeah, it. let's. If Blair let's Witch run is, down if, the, <laughs> sorry. Let's run down the 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 top ten briefly. Okay, so Blair Witch is ten. Can you remember any of the other movies that came out in '99? Number one has to be the the number one Star Wars movie of our of all time. Of number generation. one on multiple levels. Yeah, the best, the first, the funniest. <laughs> Phantom Menace. Yes, that's right. It's the number one movie. It made four hundred thirty-one million at the time. That's a lot of money. Yeah, in well, talk about hype. I mean, that's well, sure. Couldn't be more hype for you, that. We've been waiting. Um, 16 years for a, yeah. from a Star Wars yep. movie. Yep. Wow. Uh, what else? Austin uh, Powers 2? Yeah, that was fourth. That was four? Yeah, number four. I uh, made 206. What else came in 99? Deep Blue Sea. Uh, American Pie. American Pie. Oh, yeah, that's... American Pie's up there. I made a lot of money. Why yeah. is it not? Oh, yeah. No, I made 102 million. Yeah, yeah. That, that's down there at 20th. Anything else? Maybe Runaway some, Bride. Uh, so, that is ninth, actually. Yeah. So, the 152. Uh, maybe an animated movie? Iron Giant. Uh, that came out that year, but I think, but no. Hercules, Tarzan. Tarzan, that was it. What about that cool sci-fi movie? Whoa. Oh, The Matrix. Matrix, yep. fifth Num- of the year. Wait, what was number two? Uh, the Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. With yeah, our yeah. boy, yeah. Brucey. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, a, and another sequel um, after that, animated. Animated sequel? Yeah. Space Jam 2. Came oh, wait, out, that hasn't happened yet. Came out around Thanksgiving, 99. Uh, I fire away. Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a ton of money. Yep. And finally, in the, in the two movies between Tarzan and Runaway Bride, uh, Big Daddy and The Mummy. Ugh. Big Daddy's not bad. Yeah. It's no it's The fine. Wedding Singer. Right. 
know the wedding singer. Yeah, if we want to talk about Adam Sandler, that's a whole other show. Big Daddy is still on the on the side of better quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's whatever came after Big Daddy. That was All it. That downhill. Was Mr. Deets or whatever the hell. Meet the Deals. Sure. <laughs> Mr. Deets. Yeah. No, thank you. Pass on that. That was a big, the big top ten. But yeah, uh, which one of these did I see in the theater? Phantom Menace, sure. Six yep. Sense, sure. Toy Story, sure. Matrix, yes. Tarzan, uh huh. And Blair Witch. So that I saw six of them. Yeah. Did you see Austin Powers too? Yes. And The Mummy. No. Oh. Did you see Big Daddy? Yes. So you did you see Runaway Bride? No. So you saw seven. Seven of them. Some, yeah. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. I, 99 was a big theater, going to the theater uh, well, year I, for me. I know you saw American Beauty probably four times. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Wild Wild West. Uh. Hey, which was filmed uh, at my, my school. That Wild was Wild West yeah. in Santa Fe. One of the uh, few movies that was shot there during my tenure. Was it like the majority of the shoot was there, or just like yeah, yeah? No shit. It was that was there was like the the five years I was in New Mexico, as some of my classmates can attest to. It was very dry period, <laughs> pun intended, uh, in New Mexico for film. Right after we left is when that state kind of exploded, and there was tons of production. As soon as we well, all the all rebates, moved away. Uh, did they yeah. any act rebates? The incentives, and, <laughs> incentives yeah. A little frustrating, but what are you gonna do? Um. Also, you mentioned Deep Blue Sea. Uh, also, Galaxy Quest, big movie. Oh, I big. can't wait to cover that one next year. Yeah. Coming up in 2019. Uh, Three Kings, great movie. You saw that in the theater. Varsity Blues. I started working at a theater in 99. So A movie theater? A movie theater, yeah, in did Santa you, Fe. Did you, uh, what'd you do there? Everything. The whole thing? The whole, you all cleaned. of it. You cleaned. You did the I cashier. I did concessions. concessions. I did... I did the box office. I did the, a little bit of projecting. You were a projectionist. Swept the theater. Holy that was shit. fun. Look at you. So I have the like end songs and, and the end music, the credit music for yeah. Three Kings and uh, yeah, yeah. You just hear <laughs> Sleepy <them>. Hollow <laughs> and you know all in my um, Sweet Home. Al- it was Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, maybe yeah. Sweet and Lowdown. Sweet and Lowdown. Uh, that's what. It was. Sweet yeah. and Lowdown. Yeah, that's the name. So that was all, yeah. That that was going on with me. I see. But, but uh, I mean, I'm sure you saw Eyes Wide Shut. Definitely, yes. Uh, Varsity Blues, which uh, according to Twitter takes place two weeks before the events of Twin Peaks, which I didn't realize. <laughs> well, they got to be related. <laughs> it's got to be part of the same. I actually, universe. I actually have yet to see Varsity Blues all the way through. I've never seen a, a shame a on moment me. of it. Never. Yeah. Never seen a moment. Anyway, uh, I saw the Thirteenth Warrior in. Uh, Oh, John McTiernan. Yeah. So I Who we talked about a couple on, the, on the Predator show. On the Predator episode. Which you can hear in the archives. <laughs> Go back, guys. And then finally, being John Malkovich. Saw that in the theater. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, that was the other one. I saw that so many times. Did you see theater. that? Yeah. Both while I was working there and just for, just for pleasure. Just for fun. You saw that movie for fun? Yeah, love that movie. That's no, a good movie. It's uh, finally, 95th, uh, Muppets from Space. Mm. Saw that in the theater. So I saw a lot of movies in the theater. So let's circle back to Blair Witch. What was the? the cr- <laughs> I'm scared. I don't want to. I had to stop talking about it to yeah. just calm down. Yeah. Uh, critics, it was a pretty good response to it as far on a critic level. Sure. Um, sure. 
you know, Roger Ebert and Peter Travers, they thought it was imaginative. From Rolling Stone. Peter yeah, Travers. Rolling Stone. Uh, it was something new, something different. Uh, I think they were kind of spot on with that, as we talked about. So I, I think the reviews were pretty fair for it when it came out. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a great, great reaction. And I think no matter what the critics had thought, uh, everyone was going to go see this thing at least that first weekend. Yeah, it was. I mean, if it was a bomb, if it was a bad movie, it didn't enthrall you, it wasn't engaging, it wouldn't have lasted. But it had something to it. Yeah, and, and it it changed horror, like you said. So yeah, it was it was something that people had not audience had not seen ever. And uh, yeah, it, it it really has it does have a legacy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people today's modern audience can point back to that movie and say that's the one that changed everything mm-hmm. uh, or changed a lot of the horror genre. I think I think Blair Witch and and The Ring are really the two modern horror movies that that ignited something new. Yeah. Um, but Blair Witch is kind of you know it's not really talked about that much anymore but it was it was a huge influence yeah i think i think the unfortunate thing was the the follow-up film that just that sort of sank it like watered it down totally because i mean the movie had a lot of reaction that next year like there was like there was was, they did video games like on pc that Mm -hmm. that told the stories of some of the legends um no uh, thank you i I would be too scared playing that (laughs) Um, they had a book that they, they, you know, they put out a book that's just about the legends, the, the history, all of that. Mm-hmm. They did a series of young adult novels. Oh, that, God. Yeah. So he- right. Heather's uh, Heather's cousin uh, is investigating what happened. And there was eight of these and they put them out in like within a year. Like, um, yeah, they really rushed the marketing. Like, they, like whatever we can do to supplement mm-hmm. this, because you can't like license action figures and whatever that you I'm, can't merchandise the show. I'm surprised that today. I don't think they've ever put out Blair Witch like you know how the the figures are have become collectibles and like they're you know they're making figures for adults uh-huh. like you like know aliens figures and Terminator yeah. figures and yeah uh, they've never done they've never done that with Blair Witch as far as I know I would I yeah that makes sense I don't know is the design of these guys that don't you want a Heather figure don't you want a Mike figure I bet no, no. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, I want to just a dude, a scruffy looking dude in a flannel shirt <laughs> with a beanie. What on. works, what works with those figures and stuff, you know, you've got an iconic design that you can really, yeah. Like, these are a couple of schmoes. Like <laughs> that would be kind of weird. Yeah, to do you're that. you're right. All right, uh, and then there were even comic books just for uh, yeah, you know, mini series yep. and all of that. A lot so, of reading material. A lot of yeah, because what else are you gonna do with it? You know? Yeah. So uh, you read. You don't just look at pictures all day. So, Maybe we should do... Why don't we produce a radio show of the Blair Witch Project? Oh, okay. How would that work? Just a lot of exposition. Can we just, just talk about the stories? Just ta- a lot of talking about it. Okay. I mean, you would have to... It's a radio show. It's mostly Heather, talking. why are you going out of the tent? <laughs> I'm, I heard something outside. Help me unzipper the tent. <laughs> oh, let me put my shoes on. <laughs> I, think uh, I think we're on to something. <laughs> Oh shoot! I dropped my um, my keys. Jingle, jangle, jingle. <laughs> oh, Mike, what is this configuration of sticks? It looks like a stick figure. <laughs> oh, I dropped it. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> I'm kicking over now rocks. We're cursed. <laughs> I think we're. I think we hit the nail on the head there. I just, I just want to do bad radio shows with yeah. with, with, with decent foley. Yeah. <laughs> <I just laughs> 
<laughs> that's our that's where we're gonna end our careers <laughs> that's the next that's the next generation of reconsinimation yeah bad radio awesome foley so what do you think uh i think we were pretty clear about whether or not we think this movie holds up in 2018 I think it holds up. I think it's it's worth a look. If you, it, I I have it's been 19 years, and I was right back in it, uh, watching it the second time uh, for this show. But I wouldn't watch this every year. I wouldn't watch this all that often. But man, if you really taking a look at it for this show, really gave me a good appreciation for it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's there's just so much more to it that it, for for itself as a film. For the impact, uh, and for for what everyone di- did in it, I don't know. I, what a great what a great little thing they did. I don't know. I was expecting it to not hold up. Yeah. I was kind of planning on it, just like, oh yeah, this this doesn't work anymore. Nope, no. nope. Uh, mostly because of we've seen this so many times since then. Right. But the original is still the best. Yeah. I, I it to- to- for me it totally did. Yeah. Like I said, I watched it on a Sunday morning, and I was very glad when it was over that I, ha- I that it wasn't nighttime, because mm-hmm. uh, I because you were kind of spooked. I yeah. was spooked. Got me get, got right inside my head again. Huh. I definitely was there. On the, I need the an sec- escort. Where's <laughs> I never got that coffee. Where's that soy americano oh, iced no. he decaf went, latte? He went, he went to the coffee shop and never came back. Oh, oh no, he did. He did have slime all over his. Well, that's Back just normal back. for him. Oh, so. he's just disgusting. Yeah, he's just really nasty. <laughs> he's gross. I uh, need an escort though to to my uh, limousine. It's it's across. I can see it from the window. It's across the. It's like it's like okay. it's like twelve hundred meters. Yeah, you, it's daylight. It's it's oh, three. Oh, so that PM. means we're safe. All right. <laughs> it's three p.m. There's security everywhere. <laughs> we pay them. Yeah. But right. suddenly they're gone. I don't know. Oh what my happened. god! Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. The, the, this movie up. works. It, it holds up. Again, leaving so much to your imagination is what makes a great horror movie. I think. Yeah. Not shoving it down your throat, literally or figuratively. Mm. Uh, you know, these a lot of these modern movies. It's these these scares that are just meant to make you jump, and and it's really gratuitous violence. I sound like an old geezer now but i don't like that violence yeah extra gore and and uh just trying too hard and this movie doesn't it works because they're not trying so hard to scare you they're really using simple stuff and that's what works yeah and and you it's it's all about the character work so Mm -hmm. it's because they sell that you know, the three of them are works. selling. I mean, are doing nothing but selling it the whole time. You yeah. don't. They, you don't see anything. It's yeah. all just what they're feeding you. Yeah, you you get their fear. I mean, I was I was reacting the same way. I wasn't. I don't get spooked out and creeped out. Um, but the psychological terror they were going through, I was in it, and I was scared for them. Like it was scary. Yeah. Um, it. I mean to say, it didn't stick with me after it was over. I, yeah. I watched it at night. I was okay. I only You're had a brave guy. I only had six or seven nightmares. Yeah, and like, that's a lot less than usual. <laughs> so I was fine for a Tuesday. Yeah, for me. <laughs> uh, if you're gonna rewatch it, which I suggest you do, see it in high def. High def, big screen, big sound, late at night. <laughs> okay, that's my recommendation. Uh, but I hope you guys have enjoyed our uh, 
our month of our spook fest in the month of October. Oh, this this reconsideration spooktacular. <laughs> As we wind down and uh, start heading towards Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving with Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Is that a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Thanksgiving with <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss. He should just host a, an NBC special. <laughs> he did, didn't he? I don't, I don't know. It's got to be like 1979's Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> did he have Not that when G- he switched gears to like Always. You know, the movie Always. Uh, like yeah, that yeah. Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, did yeah. he have the juice back then? 79 Richard Dreyfuss to have, oh, yeah. a, have a TV special? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> when he was getting his Oscar nominations. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, he, he did. His passion project was a, a family variety show of Thanksgiving. On maybe we'll call him up and, you know, he's already been by the studio. We'll try to get him to, why not, go for yeah. a Thanksgiving special now. I'm sure it would work. Oh, my God. Everyone would love that. So we've, we've got some, we've got a different, uh, a couple of movies, you know, that uh, we're pulling from deep out of our pockets for the month of November. Yeah. You maybe. might you might say we're busting some spirits in New York City. Is that maybe what we're? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good hint. That's they're gonna a, they're definitely that's definitely gonna apply. We're busting spirits too. Wink, wink, wink. David's winking at me. Wink. <laughs> uh, but thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, stay tuned. We've got a couple of cool movies coming up. The next month, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And on your way out the door, please just give us that five-star review at the old iTunes. We just, we just need a little support from y'all. If you if you fire up the iTunes on your Mac or PC, which no one does anymore, please just go to the Reconsidimation page. Just give us a nice five-star click. And if you have a couple of minutes, uh, give us a couple kind words yeah. while, while you're logged in. We beg every show, and I know it's annoying to you. But if enough the of you do it, we won't need to beg anymore. The more you do it, the less we'll beg <laughs> at the end of the show. But it's really appreciated. It is just a favor we're asking yeah. for. And uh, either way, we're just glad you're here to listen. So Yeah, um, and tweet at us. Uh, we've got our Instagram going. Facebook page, reconcinimation.com. Yeah. We're all there. Tell us what your favorite scary movie is. What, what did you think of Blair Witch? Are we crazy? Did is it a terrible movie? What do you guys think? I don't Let care what know. these people think. They're morons. They would never tell us. Wow. They're stupid. They don't like good movies. Except for our fans in in Finland. Love you, Finns. Yeah, Thank you. Finns, the Swedes. Do you think my reverse psychology of, of insulting them and saying they don't know anything will that work? Yeah, probably work. That'll work. Reverse yeah. psychology. Yeah, so. that's my forte. Rile them up for us. Yeah, they're gonna storm the gates. All right, guys, we're getting out of here. I'm going to try and run to my, my limousine. Sun's going to go down in three hours. You better hurry. I better hurry. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't lose the map from here to the parking lot. Program the ways in your, on your phone now. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, there we go. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll uh, see you guys in two weeks for our next episode. All right. Bye now. <laughs>